Smartcast. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, and welcome to Deep Leadership. I'm your host, John Rennie. Well, I hope all is well with you today. This is another special Wednesday morning episode, and I'm drinking a hot cup of Bottom Gun Coffee from my friends at BottomGunCoffee.com. I have another great show lined up for you, but before we get started, I just wanted to mention my latest leadership book. It's called You Have the Watch, and it's available on my website and on Amazon. In fact, it's already a number one new release and a bestseller on Amazon. I'm really excited about this new book because it's not actually a book. It's a guided journal for leaders that will take you through an entire year of leadership training. There are 50 themes in the book, and each day you'll reflect on a different facet of that theme. This journal is designed to be on your desk at work for you to read and reflect on for about 15 minutes each morning. Leadership skills are like any other skills. You need to practice them to get better at them, and this journal helps you practice those skills. So if you're interested in this guided journal, go to youhavethewatch.com or Amazon and pick up your copy today. Now, if you're looking for other ways to support what I do on this show, purchase any one of my books at johnsrenny.com, and podcast listeners can use the discount code DEEP at checkout to get additional savings. Also, I just wanted to mention that Deep Leadership is now ranked in the top 2.5% most popular shows out of 2.9 million podcasts globally, according to ListenScore. And I wanted to thank each of you for listening every week and sharing these episodes with your friends and those leaders in your life. You have helped this podcast grow into a top-performing show, and I appreciate it, so thank you very much. Well, that is it. Today, we're going to be talking about overcoming adversity, and my guest is Marty Gold. Marty is a Navy veteran and a small business consultant. He helps entrepreneurs take their business to the next level. He's also someone that's overcome significant challenges in his life, including being diagnosed with a brain tumor. I was inspired by his story, and I know you will as well. So, are you ready to dive in? Let's get started. Welcome to Deep Leadership. Leadership is a people business. That's the philosophy of your podcast host, John Rennie. As a former Cold War submarine officer who spent 20 plus years leading businesses in corporate America before starting his own manufacturing business, he knows that leadership matters. Leadership matters. Are you ready for some real world actionable advice from John as well as his expert guests? I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready. The show starts right now. Welcome to the Deep Leadership Podcast. Today, I'm joined by Marty Gold. Marty is a U.S. Navy veteran, entrepreneur, and small business consultant. His company, Leila Ray Consulting, helps small business owners with all the resources they need to take their business to the next level. Marty was diagnosed with a brain tumor in 2016, which eventually needed to be removed. His story is one of overcoming adversity, learning perseverance, and knowing when to pivot in your career. I'm honored to have him on the show to share his journey. So, Marty, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me, John. Well, it's good to meet you. We had a good conversation before we pressed record, and uh, and man, you've got a fascinating life, and I'm really uh, excited to talk about it because I think there's a lot of things we can learn as leaders uh, through what you've gone through in your life. So, first of all, tell us about yourself. Uh, where did you grow up? Um, how were you raised? Because I think that's a really interesting story. And why did you end up going into the Navy? 
Hello, John. Uh, yes, I would love to expound on that. So I was born in uh, Brigham City, Utah. Um, I'm about 37 years old, had an interesting uh, early childhood life. My mother had me when she was 14, mm-hmm. and that led to some challenges. Um, I went through a lot of adversity on my uh, journey. I uh, was um, locked in the basement from four to seven and, and kind of abused by my stepfather, and then uh, found myself on my own, kind of homeless for, between the ages of eight and 10 before eventually going to foster care. So uh, that was a a really hard journey to go on. But through that was a blessing. I met my uh, foster father who ran several businesses and taught me a lot about entrepreneurship, leadership, discipline, um, and how to fundraise for things and just how to run a business and be pragmatic. He he instilled a lot of values in me that I was missing until that point in my life. And then um, I graduated high school a year early, went to the Navy, uh, that furthered my discipline, of course, and then taught me a, another whole skill set that I utilize to this day. And then uh, when I exited the Navy after eight years, I um, went into naturally went into entrepreneurship, and it um, it's been a journey. Well, let me let me just rewind a little bit because I think you just hit everybody with some uh, pretty pretty heavy yeah. stuff. So you had a rough childhood uh, to, to out, uh, from being abused as a young boy to being on the streets. Uh, as we talked earlier, you, you were, you were going from house to house, staying with friends until you got picked up uh, by a foster family. Finally. Uh, yes, sir. How do you think, how does that affected who you are and your character? Um, the fact that you had to go through so much uh, at such a young age. Well, it's adversity and really how it affected my character is I kind of, uh, I empathize with people. It, it gives me a whole new viewpoint on hardship. Um, it's kind of funny if you can tie that into the Navy, but I remember in boot camp and everybody complaining about either lack of sleep or lack of food or this is hard. And, and all of boot camp was so easy compared to my life between the ages of zero and 10. I, I, I would rather do boot camp 16 times than go through one year of that again. Mm. Uh, but it did make me who I am and made me resilient, gave me perseverance, perspective, and uh, has taught me resiliency. So, yeah. Wow. Wow. That's incredible. I mean, the story you tell I mean, is just a very hard, it's hard to understand, hard to imagine. And, uh, but yet you were able to, again, your foster father got you into business. You learned entrepreneurship, you learned leadership, you learned responsibility, and then boom, you went into the Navy. Um, so you, you were a master, you were in a master at arms. Um, what Mm -hmm. is a master at arms and what kind of, you did some really wild things in the Navy from our discussion. So what, what kind of things did you get the chance to do while you serve? You served for eight years, I think, uh, active duty. So yes, what's, what's the master in arms and what, what kind of job did you get to do in the Navy? So I had a unique journey in the Navy as well. I don't know if, uh, you know, higher power has a different plan for me or not, but uh, <laughs> I was in boot camp just like everybody else. And they were all getting their ship duty orders. And uh, I got one that said Com third fleet and nobody knew what that was. Hmm. And it turned out to be a very unique station. I was the youngest sailor on that command, but um, I guess to rewind a master at arms is just a military policeman. Right. And then from there, you can go into specialties, especially after you're an NCO, a non-commissioned officer, about E4 and above. You can go into investigations, protective service, that kind of stuff, canine handler. Uh, but I had a unique uh, uh, journey. So right out of boot camp, I got uh, staff duty is what they call it. But it's uh, Admiral flag duty. Ended up working for Admiral McCabe, Mike McCabe, and then Admiral Jack Hines. And then at, uh, became the, an admiral that became the chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, Admiral Mike Mullen. 
And uh, I got to basically wake them up in the morning, bring them hot cocoa in the beginning in my E2, <laughs> E3 days, went and washed his car a lot, went to his estate, helped plan for dignitary visits. I met a lot of uh, top brass senators, things like that, that were going to commission ships, uh, their wives and such. So I had a unique journey there. And then while I was stationed with them, they said, hey, are you bored here all day? It's just coffee and talking with senators and stuff. Like, what can I do to help you further your career? And I was 17, 18, 19. I didn't really know what the right option was, but I knew I was resilient. So I said, throw it at me, whatever you got. So I, I went TAD to a mobile security squadron for six months and then learned fast roping, uh, went to Blackwater, high risk uh, security operations school, uh, anti-terrorism force protection school, stuff like that. I got some cool billets that way, you know, just uh, or duty. And then I went back to flag service. And then uh, at that point, I was just washing cars and driving them around and then going to um, high level dinners with senators and met Arnold Schwarzenegger when he was the governor, that kind of thing. So <laughs> I was E3, E4. It was really fun. Got to tour a lot of submarines, those boats that you were on. And then uh, the USS Coronado and then decommissioned that. And then uh, got to do uh, the Ronald Reagan when that was in its uh, sea trial sure. phase. Yeah. I got to walk on that and be on the bridge of that and, and escort an admiral. We got flown on and off. So a lot of special stuff. But a lot of high speed, low drag stuff. So, but it was fun. It was really fun. That's wild. I mean, most people, yeah. you know, their their military careers yeah, are they never pretty do straightforward. That. That's a wild opportunity for a young man, uh, 17, 18, 19 years old, being around senators, movie stars, admirals. I mean, you had to have a high level of military bearing to be around those people. I mean, so you had to be, you had, and for those who don't know what military bearing is, you had to have your uniform had to be sharp. You had to be fit. You had to, you had to look the part because uh, you're, you're around very influential people all day long. Yeah. But it taught me, it taught me a lot because I got there as an E2 out of boot camp uh, for doing special duty. And then, uh, I was the youngest guy there. Most of the staff was E6, E7, E9, um, and then O4 and above. And I got there with a lot of military bearing, and it got me in trouble because everybody there, if you're sitting there attention on deck all day and saying, you know, stand by and all that, nobody can get anything done. You're walking through hallways right. with senators right. and congressmen and everything, and they're just like, calm down, bud. Call me Mike. And so all those admirals, I called <laughs> my first name. I called him Jack. Wow. I called him Mike. Um, so it's funny you say military bearing. I had to like knock that off and learn that basically no matter what role you're in, um, everybody puts their pants on one leg at a time is what it really taught me and that everybody has a job to do and everybody's integral to the mission. And that that's really what it taught me. So, yeah. That's so cool. What, yeah. What, um, and when you, you know, when you think back to your time in the Navy, what kind of leadership lessons did you learn uh, by the, the jobs, the roles you had, but also observing the kind of people that you were around? Oh, absolutely. Everybody in that level, 04 and above, working for a flag officer and then eventually the chairman of Joint Chiefs of Staff, everybody's um, just a high performer. Everybody's a leader. Everybody has multiple letters of accommodation from flag officers and stuff like that. So uh, really what it is, is you got to bring your A game every day. There's no, there's no screwing off, taking long lunches. There's no going drinking on the weekend. And that kind of fit in with my teenage years. Cause I didn't party a lot or do any of that through high school either. I was working on audits after school. I was working on uh, transporting my foster father to his next uh, business meeting or preparing for a fundraiser. So it just really just bled together for me. I just learned how can I help? That's how I showed up every day. How can I help? So uh, it really instilled a lot of work ethic in me, I believe. 
That's fantastic. So yeah. I wanted to get to the next phase of your life. You you were a successful entrepreneur and you had life going perfect for you. I had a family, I had a wife, a family, everything was great. And you got diagnosed with a with a brain tumor. Tell us a little bit about that, that whole journey and what you know what it's been like through that and how you've had to almost rebuild yourself from the ground up again tell us about about that experience because i think it ties in a lot with your ability to persevere and overcome hardship i think that uh you know the experiences you had as a as a young man now yes it did um so um i was far from perfect uh basically because of my early life what i had done is i i built a moat around myself and uh i was kind of what you'd call a lone wolf and i would uh I would help people. I'd go out of my way to help them, but I had no real close relationship. So I built my business uh, from zero, nothing, basically by myself and my, and my ex-wife. Uh, she was a great help, but we uh, grew it from zero to about 80 grand a month is what we were doing, a little over a million in sales a year. And then I uh, was diagnosed with that tumor. And what that taught me is I had no real close relationships to call upon and uh, no other staff to delegate to while I was dealing with that hardship. And so my business did, uh, started to deteriorate at that point. And it was a really humbling experience. And basically, I went from uh, 80 to 40,000 in sales, 30,000 in sales. And then all of a sudden, COVID hit. And uh, everybody stopped spending money on cosmetics at that time and, and building business plans or doing any of that stuff that I had built. And uh, so what I had seen is basically everything I worked for deteriorate. And then at that point, um, I decided to just push pause on everything, deal with my tumor and COVID was here and my neurosurgery to remove my tumor was postponed three different times. Mm. And that's pretty nerve wracking and it's stressful. And, uh, and it tested me uh, deeply. And so I had ended up losing all my business. And then not only that, because of the chaotic state I was in and stressed, I lost my wife as well. I, if she can't depend on you, if your wife and spouse can't depend on you to be consistent, then they start looking elsewhere. And she actually fell back in love with her high school boyfriend and, uh, and left me on Thanksgiving, uh, uh, announced that she was pregnant with his kid. And I didn't resent her for it at the time, but I felt terrible and I, I felt helpless and yeah. I had no relationships to rely on. So after leaving that, I just kind of, uh, went back to square one, waited for my tumor to be removed. And then I said, okay, well now I got to rebuild all this. Where do I go from here? And that's what led me back into entrepreneurship to rebuild my consultancy. Wow. Wow. Yeah. You know, it, it's, it's stories like that. I mean, um, many people would be broken with that, yeah. you know, having almost that happen. Did. So, yeah. you, you know, you're talking a, a, a tumor, uh, you have your, your wife leaves you, your your whole your you lose your business everything falls apart basically your everything you built is burned to ash now so yes, what what as you come out of that what are some lessons or what are some things you want to do differently in your entrepreneurial path because of the lessons you learned in in your first go around well now now it's uh now I'm built I I focus on building relationships first. Every time I meet somebody, it's not about closing a sale and it's not about, hey, I, I can solve this for you immediately. Let me just make this sale and then I'll follow up with you in six months. I really genuinely try to get to know each uh, entrepreneur, business owner, or somebody that's trying to become one and give them the best advice I can and guidance based on their situation, their history, uh, what they need. And and I, I, I'm I'm basically focusing on others first and not myself first, not my needs first. And uh, building lasting relationships takes a lot of effort and it's not always reciprocated. 
it's it's not a clear cut path and and it can't be you're expecting them to uh basically reciprocate you got to just give with uh being helpful in mind and and then and mm-hmm. trying to be the best person and friend to them that you would need in a hardship and that seems to be the winning formula is uh giving to others and not expecting anything in return because when you do that then uh, people truly care about your journey. People care about where you've been and what you have to offer. And if you go in there as a salesman, uh, they're just they're looking at the lowest price possible and you're looking at closing the sale. That's, that's the relationship. We'll be right back after a quick word from our sponsors. Leadership skills are like any other skills. You need to practice them to get better at them. Best-selling leadership author John S. Rennie knows this. That's why he's written a new book called You Have the Watch. It's a guided journal for leaders designed to take you through an entire year of leadership training. By the end of the year, you will master 50 of the most important leadership skills. If you want to have a greater impact on the results and people in your organization, go to youhavethewatch.com and pick up your copy today. Yeah, absolutely. I, I heard one time, and I've always thought about this: is that you should go into every relationship as if you're going to be with that. You're going to be with that in that relationship for 50 years, and it yeah. changes your mindset if you think about that. I'm I'm meeting you, and we're going to have a relationship, and it's not something that it's a trans. It's not a transactional thing. Uh, we're going to whether it's an employee that works for you, whether it's a peer, somebody you meet, whether it's a customer or even a vendor. You go into that approach where I'm. I am going to. Uh, I am going into this because I want to get to know you. I want to have a relationship with you. And not like you said, not everybody reciprocates. But when you go in with that attitude, you suddenly you see people. You know, they 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 drop their they drop their barriers. They want to get to know you. You end up having you know build building friendships. I remember this. Uh, I remember uh, the guy that I started my business with. Uh, he, I met him at uh, at church. We were having a. It was like a like a men's group at at church, and uh, they had time for prayer requests. And he says, uh, "Well, I'm moving my entire family from Florida. They're they're, they're coming up on, uh, and I'm going to fly down and drive a truck back by myself." And I said to him, "I said." Do you need help? He's like, what do you mean? I said, I'll fly down with you and drive back with you. I, I didn't even know him. I never even met him before. And he and we've, we've been lifelong friends. We started a business together. But that was how we first got to know each other, which was I'll, I'll fly down. I paid for my own plane ticket. And I drove a truck up with him from Florida up to Pennsylvania. Awesome. We've been friends ever since. So, But the point is, is when you do things like that, uh, and you have that uh, that concept of, of, of building long-term relationships, it changes everything in 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 how you deal with people. People are no longer a transactional thing for you. There, you want to build Absolutely. a long term relationship. Sounds like you're you're employing that now in your business, and it's and you're seeing the good results at, uh, because of it. Absolutely, absolutely. And uh, another thing it taught me is that you know, um, if you're if you're only in it transactionally, if you're only in it for profit, people can see through that. And so where mm-hmm. I would use to close like. I think the old metric is like one in 10 will give you a yes or something like that. And I found it to be more one in 20, maybe now probably three or four in 10 say yes. Now they yeah. want to know my story and I do have something to share. And I was, you know, I used to go into every relationship listening to people's complaints a little bit bitter. I was like, that's not hardship. That's not hard. <laughs> but this yeah. is what I learned is that, you know, everyone, everyone goes through their own journey and their level of 10 is hard and one is easy uh, their nine is the same as my nine. It's yeah. perspective. 
And I didn't see that before. I saw it as you're just a whiner. You have no idea what hardship is. And I find that a lot with veterans, especially combat veterans. They go through it and they feel like nobody will understand their journey. Nobody will relate with them. And a little bit of empathy goes a long way in that regard. Yeah, I heard I heard Joe Rogan, of all people, say this one time. He said, the hardest thing that's ever happened in your life is your hardest thing. It doesn't. And, and that's your 10. Right. And someone else's Relative. 10 might be different. But for you, that's your 10. And yeah. uh, and and so when you, you know, your yours might compare, you might think like my life my life, I grew up very easy compared to your life, right? Uh, but my most difficult moment in my life is my most difficult moment. So you can't be, yes, it you is. can't, it, it's just a relative thing. And we're all, we all it feel, really is. yeah, we really feel, um, you know, that's our, that's our high point. And, and one of the things I like about your story is um, just how, you mentioned something, I think is really important. I talk about it in in my second book, which was, the hard times are really important for us because they're they're a new a high water mark in our lives. And if we if we have endured that, then we can endure much more. So so like you said at boot camp, you're like this is nothing compared to what I what I grew up doing, right? So so yeah. this was nothing compared to that. Um, but yet, for some people, it was the it was the hardest thing. It was the worst done. thing ever. This is an Xbox. Yeah, this right. isn't. Yeah. Right. <laughs> with my mom's think, lunch, this sucks. Yeah. <laughs> so I think when we're facing hard times, and entrepreneurs who are listening in, when you're facing those really difficult times, trying to find the cash to make payroll, uh, mm-hmm. you know, struggling to close orders, whatever, when you're going through that tough time, you're building a, a level of resilience that's going to help you, you know, in the next phase of your business. Level so, up. Yeah, yeah, so it's going to help you level up. So these, 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 you know, when you overcome adversity, you, you basically get to the next level of where, what you can endure, what you can, you can run through. And, and, and again, things, hard times don't seem that difficult anymore when you've gone, when you, when you've been through those hard times. So that's uh, interesting that you have had that in your life and what you've gone yes, through. So let's talk about your business because I, I think it's exciting. Uh, Lay the Ray Consulting. I, I've been on your website. You offer a lot of services. What do you do? How do you help small businesses and and, um, and freelancers? What what kind of uh, uh, tools do you offer? Well, uh, absolutely. So in my uh, time working with my entrepreneurial father, I built a large network of resources. I really did as far as that goes, business resources and connections. And I have people that have MBAs that write business plans for me, review business plans. I have uh, people that'll help build websites. My background is in computer science. My minors in business finance, so um, I have that skill set as well. But I outsource a lot of the website building to experts that I know. Uh, Thought Lab here in Salt Lake City built BlendTech's website. They're kind of like Ninja, you know. So they build really high value websites all the way down to just uh, single page funnel sites. So they're experts in it. I always consult with them on difficult projects, and uh, and. I do everything from writing business plans to pitch decks to building websites to uh, reviewing strategy or or growth uh, proposals and stuff that they're going to offer to investors. So so I've I've been through the gambit as far as that goes. It just depends. Each entrepreneur is unique. And really what I do is I go in and and everybody comes to you, hey, I need a website. And it's like, well, what problem are you trying to solve? (laughs) You know what I mean? What are you trying? What are you trying to achieve with this? Maybe you don't need a website. Maybe what you really need is a blog. What maybe you need some press releases, you know. So I just try to solve their problem given my experience. And uh yeah, so I go from there. 
Yeah. And I think what you offer, which I think is really unique in, in business owners you're listening in, sometimes it's just having a third set of eyes on your problem or another set of eyes, especially as entrepreneurs where it's a lonely business. I'm speaking from experience, right? I'm, I've been running my business by, by myself for six years as the CEO and um, it's a lonely business. And so you think that you're doing the right stuff, but it's so important to have a another set of eyes, take a look at things. And, and just like you say, challenge your assumptions. You say you need a website. What are you yeah. really trying to do? You know, yeah. what, what what are you trying to overcome or what are you trying to make sure you do? And I think that that's um, that's really helpful for entrepreneurs because I it because I I see the world through my limited visibility that I have, right? All the stress, all the problems, everything coming my way. I'm seeing the world through a through a periscope, if you will. So sorry to use a submarine. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. <laughs> but um, but I think having another person take a look at it and and, and having that is really important. So I really do encourage uh, entrepreneurs to find resources, people like you that can give them that others, you know, that, that, that second opinion or that second look at things. I think it's very, very helpful for them to be successful. So, um, so what, um, and, you know, as far as, so you, so you're doing digital presence, you're doing business plans. So what, what are the, um, have you had some, uh, uh, some, some experiences where there was really, uh, like an like an uh, like an awakening or an aha moment for an entrepreneur when you share you know idea or get them down a path that they weren't thinking of any good examples or stories of where you've helped companies all the all the time actually yeah. because I approach it in that different way now I'm not trying to close a cell it's not just a one sided you know means to an end relationship. I go in there and I say, well, why do you need the website? What are you struggling with? Oh, yeah. you lost this key team member. Uh, you're trying to fulfill a role that you don't, you, you don't have that skill set in. When I go into that, I'm not trying to sell them anything. And I don't yeah. follow up in one week asking them if they've had a chance to look at my proposal. I don't even send an invoice until they ask me for it, until they're ready for it. Mm -hmm. And so I'm just there to help. I'm there to answer questions. And I think that that's uh, enlightening to a lot of entrepreneurs because I don't think a lot of business relationships start with that. And so I, I, love, um, I, I love what you say there because that's something I learned. I, I never, I was, I'm an engineer by training. And so yes, I've never been, I, I, I always thought I could never be a good salesman. Like I, I, I don't like to sell. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah it's, it seems it's, fake yeah. to me, but then I yeah. heard someone say that it, it, it selling is, is, is all about helping people, helping people overcome whatever challenge or problem that they have. And when I took that approach to selling now, just like you said, it, it's not selling to me. I'm trying to help. And yeah. uh, like, what what are you trying to solve? And, and I know I talk to a lot of my customers and we're, we, um, make, we make products for electric utilities. And I'll say to them, you don't need that product. You're, that's, mm -hmm. that's way too advanced for what you need. This is, you know, and I, I downsell them to something that's cheaper and they think it's strange. I'm like, well, mm -hmm. I don't want to sell you something. I don't yeah. want to sell you the advanced product because you don't need it. You know, this one's going to be fine yep. for you. And they're always surprised when I do that. But it's like, again, it's that I'm in it for the long term. I'm in it to be your problem solver over time. You come to me because I, I'm going to give you the honest answer. I'm not going to try to upsell you and, and you know, one, one and done, right? Upsell you, sell you a bunch of stuff you don't need and then run away, right? So it sounds like you're taking that yep. approach. Yes, sir. I actually have a story of that. I was helping. I had this lady go to, she was referred to me through a business acquaintance and she just had retired. She bought a salon in Farmington. It's outside of Salt Lake City here in Utah. And uh, she went to my website and you can start with $150, just, you know, front page, single page, funnel page, whatever for like a blog or something. 
and uh, go all the way up from there. And she had gone on there and added like nine pages to it, all this checkout stuff, paid it up front, and then just said, this is what I want. I said, you don't need that, especially yeah. starting out. Really what you need is three pages of booking. And I had refunded her $2,500 and only kept seven fifty dollars and just oh, helped wow. her do it. And she was like so shocked by that. And, but that also led to new referrals and relationships because of that. And it's just a different approach where other people might say, sucker, and uh, just build her what she wants. I, I don't take that approach at all. So yeah, it's a, yeah. It's a breath of fresh air to entrepreneurs. So yeah. Wow, that's great. So um, yes, sir. As, you're, as you're coming, and you've gone through really in two major traumatic times in your life as a, as a young child, and then later on, uh, post-Navy, uh, dealing with this. What, 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 what can you tell the people that are listening in um, as far as uh, what kind of lessons that have you learned through that process that you'd want to encourage other uh, leaders, entrepreneurs, even military leaders that are listening in uh, to, you know, some of those lessons about overcoming adversity or overcoming hard times? What, what would you like to share with with the folks that are listening in? Um, success isn't linear. It's not a straight line. If you have setbacks, it's a ro- it's more of a roller coaster. If you have setbacks, that's part of the journey. And some people feel like that's a failure or like I made a mistake and next time I can't make that mistake. I actually welcome uh, some of those hardships now uh, where before I was like, why me? You know, what, what's going on with what I'm doing? Uh, now I look at it as an opportunity. So success isn't linear. You're going to have setbacks. Um, a solid network is key. Building true lasting friendships, uh, not expecting them to reciprocate just to help them uh, build them up. Uh, that's going to be a solid network. Um, your hardships are humbling. And then uh, lasting true friendships and connections require vulnerability, honesty, mm. selflessness, and, uh, and, the, and it's going to take all of that. It's going to take you to be humble and be vulnerable to build those lasting relationships uh, uh, for life. So I, I would suggest that. I'd, su- I'd suggest telling your story and opening yourself up to, uh, to uh, criticism. That's what I would I say. love that. That's so powerful. Such great advice from someone that really um, can talk about it because you've been there and you've done it some some really difficult times. Um, Thank you. Question for you. Where are you at with your recovery? How are you doing? Um, I'm in remission right now. I actually have an MRI in a couple of weeks. Uh, this is recording May 31st. So I have a MRI on June 7th and hopefully everything's all clear, but I feel great. Um, I'm back in shape, uh, uh, back to my uh, post-military weight. So I'm happy about that. And just, yeah, everything's going well with it so far. So that's fantastic. That is such a great news. Well, um, how, how can people find out more about you uh, and your consulting business? Absolutely. I'm always open. Um, even if you uh, aren't ready to buy anything or pull the trigger, you can ask me any question. I'll utilize my full network. I'll point you in the right direction, even if we do no business together. I just want to be a friend to people. If you, uh, a lot of people feel lost. A lot of people don't have those connections. So if you shoot me an email, you go on my website, Layla Ray, L-E-I-L-A-R-A-Y. It's a combination of my son and daughter's names. But uh, <laughs> yeah, so it's kind of difficult until you understand what it is. But LaylaRay.com, uh, you can chat with me on that. You can submit a request or whatever, and we'll get back to you within 24 hours. And I'll, I'll be more than happy to help you or point you in the right direction. That's fantastic. And we're going to put a link in the show notes for that resource. And in entrepreneurs, there's a lot of things to unpack uh, here as far as uh, what Marty shared with us. And, um, and I hope you can, you can think about the challenges you're going through and, uh, and the lessons that, uh, 
that Marty went through and the, and, the, and the wisdoms he's sharing with us. Hopefully you take that away from you and you can apply it to your lives as well. I also encourage you to go on his website. It's full of great information. Uh, you can contact Marty there. And, uh, uh, you know, it's funny because we met, uh, it's funny, we met uh, online. We met on Twitter and just, I was fascinated with what, what Marty's doing. I wanted to have him on the show. I'm excited about his uh, his his business and how it's growing, but also his story and how he got here. Because I think a lot of us, uh, a lot a lot of leaders, need to understand that um, you know there's going to be a lot of a lot of obstacles in our journey. Success is not a straight line. I love that, and um, and we just got to recognize we got to persevere. We got to get through. And uh, Marty, thank you very much for being on the show and sharing your story, sharing your wisdom, and uh, sharing about your company. We really appreciate you coming on the show. Thank you for your time, John. I appreciate you, sir. Thanks again. Well, that's it for today. Thank you for listening to Deep Leadership. If you like this podcast, please subscribe and share so we can continue to build a world with better bosses. Until next time, this is John Rennie saying take care and lead well. Thank you for listening to Deep Leadership. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for all you do. We hope you enjoyed today's episode. For more information and updates, please visit our website at www.deepleadershippodcast.com or johnsrenny.com. Until next time, take care. Hey there, fabulous souls. I'm Stephanie Baklaan. And I'm Eden Alpert. And we're the hosts of the brand new podcast, Unapologetically Fab. Get ready to join us on an amazing and real journey as we dive into life after 40 and own it. We're all about changing the narrative, leaning into who you are, and living a life by your own design. Join us as we embrace life unapologetically and redefine success. This is Unapologetically Fab. An electric cast production. See you there. Electric acid. Have you ever wondered what actually happens in Congress every day? Stay informed on Capitol Hill's daily happenings with a concise, factual summary of the Senate and House of Representatives activities from the previous session, free from bias, on the Congressional Record Daily Digest podcast. Subscribe on your favorite podcast platform and discover the process from the heart of U.S. politics. The Congressional Record Daily Digest, an Electric Cast production. Electric Cast.